This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Wining, the wine versus beer podcast with myself, Josh Divney, and an accomplice in crime. No, seriously, just a friend. Sean. I don't think we've ever committed any crimes. I've committed a few. together. We can get into that later. I'm crime central. Not like real crime, not like the baddies, just cheeky crimes. What? Oh, what, what, what we'll get to it on later. This is the Beer versus Wine podcast called Whining, which if you hadn't seen us before, you're probably picturing two fat Tories from a JB Priestley novel. <laughs> but that's not the case. It's simply not. It's just one fat Tory. Well, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about there. Maybe it's best if we don't go into it. So I am a beer fan. My friend Sean is a wine fan. I bring a beer to the table. Sean brings a wine. And we battle it out to see what drink is better by the end of the show. about as white as Trump's inauguration. Sean, what are we drinking? Um, we're drinking, and for the first time, and I can't quite... Uh, you can't quite what? I can't you quite... You can't, can't quite compare these wines in this quomb. Didn't make sense, carry in, on. In this context. Yeah, oh, that would have been oh. better. This is why you get 50% of our equity. That's why I'm 50% of the talent. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... We're drinking for the first time, and um, I can't quite believe that we haven't had one of these before. We're drinking a Chardonnay. Right, okay, for those who aren't aware, Chardonnay is a white wine. So Chardonnay is a grape variety, um, a white grape variety, um, and sorry, I'm getting quite um, enthusiastic and loud, aren't you are. I? No, yeah. no, it's exciting. Um, it's, Chardonnay is a white grape variety, uh, considered by many to be the king of um, of white grapes, um, it splits people pretty much in two. Some people love it, some people hate it, um, but the vast majority of the great white wines of the world are made out of Chardonnay. Um, right? Yeah, um, white Burgundy Chardonnay, most top kind of um, Californian wines, white wines of Chardonnay as well. Because um, Chardonnay has a rap for being, uh, well, a, a kind of trash wine. Yeah. So there was, well, no, I mean, it does sh- sh- Chardonnay. Chardonnay gets a bad rap. 
Um, now it's due to um, new world winemaking, most um, importantly in uh, Australia in the late 80s, early 90s, um, planting a lot what of Chardonnay. What are they up to? Well, it's because Chardonnay, like I said, a lot of the world's greatest white wines are made out of Chardonnay. So people want to use Chardonnay because it's got a, it's got a name and, and weight behind it. Um, so they planted a lot of Chardonnay and then due to kind of questionable winemaking techniques, made some really quite bad wines. So obviously Australia is really hot, so you get early ripening grapes with ah. just like look big fruit character. And then they would put like oak flavoring and oak chips and big oak staves to flavor the wine. So it would be, taste just like the inside of an oak barrel. Um, and that kind of developed it's into- like you're eating a bloody tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just developed into people not liking or understanding this style. Um, and then you've got this whole kind of, what we call in the wine trade, ABC, um, consumer which, which stands for let me guess actually brilliant character much 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 like myself um, i'm no, an abc it stands for anything but chardonnay right okay yeah um so it goes against what people really like in terms of style what a lot of people like in terms of style something really quite light crisp and fresh when it comes to white wine uh-huh. um like Chablis, like Chablis, take Chablis for example. Chablis is good. Yeah, it's Chardonnay, 100% Chardonnay, but made, made in a very light, crisp style. It's a very malleable grape variety. Um, depends on where you grow it and what you do to it. And kind of this has been cut. a long... This is just an introduction. I've, I've let you ramble. Yeah, you have let, let me ramble. ramble. This, this, is, is, uh... this needs to be wrapped right now. Sorry okay, about that. Okay, Ch- Ch- Chardonnay's great. Yeah, there we go. Um, and on the wine side, said, "Wow, how did I let you get away with that?" It's because I, it was, I was actually interested. Yeah, which is, it's quite. It's an it interesting shows subject. It's, it's shows yeah. it's, it's so rarely happens. Um, <laughs> I'm very rarely interesting. <laughs> I, I, I never let it go that far. Normally, um, on the beer side today, we are drinking Sharps off of Doom Bar. You may know them. I don't. I think I've ever seen any other Sharps ale. I haven't a, either. In a pub other than Doombar? I'll tell you what, this has got a great head to it, despite being from a bottle. Yeah, I know. Look at the texture on that. It's good, it isn't like it? It looks like a Guinness. So this is a Wolf Rock, which is, uh, they call it a red IPA. And I think, I don't know if they've always done it, but recently Sharps have, uh, they started releasing a range of beers that came out. They certainly came out in supermarkets sort of last year or the year before. You've got sort of things like uh, the Atlantic um, and you've got this, which is the Red IPA, the Wolf Rock. And I really like it. It's a flavoursome beer with character. It's certainly got character, Josh. I uh, would say it's red and pale, much like myself. Yes, yeah. yeah especially after this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, those are the drinks. We'll be going throughout the podcast, trying to get the other two prefer our drink than their own. But that's all to come. How was your week, Josh? A good week, Sean. We should explain, in case you're a new listener, this podcast is largely a way we leg- uh, legitimise our drinking and chatting. Um, so we will talk about our own lives somewhat. <laughs> Tune out if you don't like it. Go Two friends, to... hanging out, drinking what, some wine. What would they, What would you recommend people listen to if they didn't want to listen to this? Um, just Like podcast-wise? The, the, uh, I was going to say like, like? The, the news of the streets. Yeah, they can they can just get out and hit the streets. They can just listen to what's going on. They yeah. can get their they can get their get their ear to the ground. If you're out and about running, just take your earphones out and yeah. experience the world for heaven's sake. Just experience sake. what's around you: the t- birds in the trees, the the people on the corner, just just all of it. Just do you know, do you know what I heard the other day? Because I took my earphones out 
And like normally... A slight ringing in your ears. I do have a bit of tinnitus, <laughs> but that's from uh, not being careful with my ears at an early age. But no, I, I just, normally when I go shopping uh, in Argos, I will, Sean just drank and took a grimace uh, <laughs> of the beer, I should say, not the wine. Um, normally when I go shopping in places like Argos, I like to have my headphones in. Let's just get in and out. Don't like it. But didn't have them on me. Took them out. Went in. Over Christmas this was. And a man said, uh, well... It's big and it's red, so she can't hate it <laughs> as he was buying his presumably girlfriend a present. Wow. And, you know, it's those sort of bits of wisdom that what, you miss out ta- on. What was it talking like? Was it a toaster? I think it was something like a toaster or... A uh, sofa. Th- there's, um, you've actually touched on quite a specific thing that I've had to look into before. <laughs> Because of some of my have you past... just gone through Argos and big red items? No, no, but so, some of my past jobs have required me to buy appliances of certain colours... Right. Um, like a purple toaster or a purple kettle. Um, and Argos is very... Why? They have a great collection of, like, specifically coloured uh, kitchen appliances. I recommend them highly. Um, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. So what have I been up to? Uh, finally, I went running. Um, I started running. What's that, Josh? You're, you're already hot enough. I thought... Give I some thought, of us a chance now. I thought you were looking well. Yeah. Much more well than usual. That's because I normally look like I've got a bit of death on me. Yeah. Uh, but no, yes, I've been running, but I've uh, come across something. The runner's smile is a thing, which is a runner smiling at you and you smiling back, kind of like, oh, we're in the same club here. I've experienced that when um, driving around in our friend's mini. Mm. It's the same sort of thing. Or like when bus drivers smile at each other. Yeah. You, you or people do, in vans smile at each by other. By doing something, you... Or people at vans smile at people on the street. We, we get the idea. People at vans like to smile at people. Yeah. I like van drivers. They always seem quite chirpy. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Fine. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, fudging hell. It's like all right, Josh. Put, put... Fat of fudge and I'm drowning. Um, Sounds delicious. Uh... You were talking about... Uh, the runner's smile, oh, Josh. The runner's smile. The runner's smile. Thank you pulling out of the vat of fudge you pushed I've got, me in, I've, you bloody fudge rat. I've got you back on the... <laughs> I take the fudge rat thing back. I've, I've, I've got you back on the... I've got you back on track. Back on the running track, Josh. Nice. Uh, oh. Don't go running on track. Go running by the river. Uh, anyway, so these runners are smiling at me. So I work out that, yeah, I'm in their club. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, sometimes it's hard to work out when to smile or not because, like you miss them or you're running so fast you don't see it or whatever um you're running so fast you can't see well no no, but like you're running at a pace that you see them they've already smiled and by the time you smile back you've gone past but that's not important right uh i've realized that i am in a club i'm in the strugglers club (laughs) (laughs) because i've noticed everyone else running and they're not the people like the men who wear leggings and have like a hundred pound trainers they're the people who are going really slowly, Sean. And the reason they're smiling at me is because I'm in their struggling club. I don't know what I look like when I'm running, but I feel I must look like sort of a a, a boil of some sort pulsating. I don't think you look too bad running. You're not... Well, that's because I'm... You're not an ungainly gentleman. No. You're fairly well composed, yeah. fairly well put together. But I, when I run, mate, I look like I'm... What are you wearing when you're running? I wear a pair of three pound Primark shorts and whatever t-shirt I slept in. 
<laughs> so it can mean and the stains that go with that from yeah. takeaway and wine and bed not yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. good good save because i didn't even think of that uh yeah but yeah that's what i've been up to basically i found out i've been inadvertently put into a club i didn't want to be a part of which was the struggling runners uh what about you mate oh actually i know what you've been up to what have I been up to, Josh? You. I've also been running, apparently. You were. You were running through Waterloo Station because one of my spies saw you. I don't like the fact that you've got spies on me. This is uh, slightly slightly worrying. They don't follow you all the time. It's literally just when they bump into you, they report it back. Oh, okay. £50 a mention. Uh, <laughs> admittedly, I am hearing more and more about where you are. <laughs> like that time you were coincidentally in my friend's house. Um Never happened. I think I think you should look into some refunds here, Josh. I might do. Uh, but yeah, so you, you were running through Waterloo Station. I was. I love that I've got eyes on you. <laughs> Always, mate. So don't think you can go and do other podcasts. I don't feel safe anymore. Correct. I don't um, even feel safe in my own home. What, what were you running for? A train. You were running for a train? In Waterloo. Meaning you didn't book ahead and leave no, I 20 booked... minutes in advance? No, I had booked ahead, got to the train station in plenty of time... I was with my girlfriend. Um, we went to M&S to get some uh, some train beers. Good choice. Um, we actually, we didn't get we, we didn't very get, similar lives. We, we, we didn't get train beers. We got train gin and tonics. Yeah, nice. And well. uh, train whiskey and ginger ales. You can also get which, like, by like the way, get you in get you absolutely hammered because yeah, they're eight percent. Yeah, and they're tiny. Yeah. So they're two units in the, in the size of a can of Red Bull. Yeah. Get you hammered. Yeah, of course they will. Um, I had two and I was feeling it. Yeah, you will. Yeah, so anyway, I went to MS, got some bits and pieces, also got some flowers for my lovely mum because I was going down to see the parents. And uh, got halfway to, to, to the train and the, the bag collapsed, the, the flower um, box holder thing that it came in, water got through and soaked it. So I had to go back into MS. Right. Um, nodded at the uh, security guard. Mate, this is just broken. I'm going to switch it out. Switched it, picked another one up. Run, had to run back to the um, train so I didn't miss it. Were you in a rom-com at the time? Had no. you slipped into a rom-com? It feels like it. It does feel like it, but, doesn't it? Um, no, it was, it was real life. Admittedly, you're in a long-term relationship. They rarely base rom-coms around you, unless you're cheating on your girlfriend, which you're not. I'm not, no. Wink, wink. <laughs> I did not I'm wink. Saying, <laughs> we're just, uh, it's fun because Sean's uh, girlfriend's family listen to this podcast. So <laughs> nice to have a little bit of fun now and then. Great days. For the record, I did not wink. Ooh, what's that, Sean? <laughs> why, are you, why are you sort of winking more and just sort of flexing your arms? <laughs> it's weird. Why are you pointing at someone else on your phone and your I'm, screen background? I'm not doing any of these things. Stop making this up. Okay. Drinking wine and feeling fine Cause I drink that wine all the time with Sean So that means it's time for the wine cell, Sean. It is indeed. Which um, you basically already had time to do anyway. Uh, by the way, new listeners, we must remember, for heaven's sake, this is a time when Sean tries to impress me with his wine. Yeah. And do. Uh, yeah, so for the first time, not only are we having Chardonnay, this is, a, this is a week of first for us. We're having a great variety we've never tried before, and we're going to a country that we've never been to before. And we kiss for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. 
We're, we're not doing that, Josh. Okay, sure. No. Um, More was, winking. We have a shot. <laughs> this podcast is going to be called the Wink Wink Nudge Nudge <laughs> podcast, isn't it? Instead of being called whining, it would just be called winking. Just, oh, that's very good. Oh, Wink. yes. <laughs> what would be a title? Sean's uh, not cheating on his uh, girlfriend and not kissing his podcast co-host. Wink Wink Nudge Nudge. But surprise on well, this week's winking and not unrelated subjects either. The problem is if if we do rebrand our uh, podcast winking, uh, street youths will vandalise any adverts we get up on billboards. Why? I mean, this is well. What are you going to do with winking? Oh, wanking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we were going to be non-explicit in this podcast, but there we go. You hellraiser. Anyway. Tell me what's great about this one. Um, yeah, so Chardonnay from uh, from Argentina. Um, we're going to the Uco Valley, uh, which is um, one of the southwest um, areas of Mendoza. So we're at the foot of the Andes. Uh, we have a Chardonnay from Sebastian Zuccardi. Hang on. For those who uh, have their eyes closed at the moment, don't worry. You aren't actually in Argentina. This is just the way Sean talks. Please do continue. You're still exactly where you were. Um, so obviously Argentina is quite a hot climate is quite uh it's, only it's, it's in the north co- though i think warm, i think it gets pretty country. chilly down south doesn't we it? go towards patagonia it gets quite chilly yeah. yeah um so um this area of argentina is quite hot so you need to look for areas um and kind of climatic factors to cool your vineyard areas down because grapes don't like to be too hot um you'll get an out of balance wine that will be too flabby too high in alcohol um, etc so um <laughs> what we do there is either normally go towards coasts or take um, areas that are higher and with more elevation. So in this instance, we've gone for elevation. We're in the Andes. Good. Um, so this is 100% Chardonnay from Sebastian Zuccardi. This is from 2014. That was our vintage. Um, and it's a great example of a new world Chardonnay. Um, it's got that ripeness of fruit you'd expect. Um, get a lot of kind of guava, pineapple fruit, apricot, a bit of melon, papaya. Um, but it's quite fresh on the palate. Uh, that's coupled to a little bit of oak. There is some certain oak aging here. So what I say what I mean by oak is that the wine has been aged in oak wooden barrels. Um, the effect that that has is that it lends a slightly toasty, almost kind of nutty characteristic as well. Uh, also slightly creamy on the palate, which means the wine has gone through a process called malolactic fermentation, um, which is not actually a fermentation. It's a bacterial um, influence which turns all of the... Um, malic acid in the wine into lactic acid and lactic acid is the acid that you'd normally find in dairy products and it gives a rich creamy mouthfeel to the wine so and when you when your muscles start stinging that's lactic acid mate um and balanced against the the fresh acidity that we get from the slightly higher climate um it all comes together to make a quite rounded quite well structured wine um quite rich in terms of mouthfeel but still refreshing thanks to that acidity and the fruit character is very pleasing quite tropical Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> what did you think of that, Josh? I think that's one of my most well kind of put together wine sales, no? It was concise. I'm still, I mean, they are all there. It's, it, it, the problem is, <laughs> and this is probably the fundamental flaw in the whole podcast, is it's the wine doing 99% of the lifting and <laughs> your words, you know. Well, for for our listeners at home, they don't get the wine, do they? It's true. We should do a a drink-along sort of thing. We should tweet what we're going to be drinking beforehand. It's a lot of effort. But that means we have to decide before my trip into into the podcast, into your house, what we're going to be drinking. Which is rare. And also, 
most podcast listening, I believe, happens on the commute into work. So either people on the train or driving their cars would be getting absolutely slashed. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we, They'd be veering into we do, traffic. We do not calling condone traffic and warnings. driving. You bloody boop! Uh, they'll be doing all sorts. For those listening at home, Josh did an expletive gesture with his hands. Yeah. Uh, not the worst one. No. One of the bad ones, though. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, well, that, no, that, well, that was your wines, though. It went really well. It's a lovely wine. Thanks, um, I don't know much about wines, but I could drink this for another three to four minutes. Drinking wine and feeling fine Because I drink that wine all the As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The time with Sean. How do you sit there and look at me? And not tell me the truth. How long have we been friends? We've been friends for... Well, that's a hard question. How long have we known each other? Because it's been on and off. And, you know, times when I've liked you and times when you haven't liked me back and blah, blah, blah. How long have we known each other? A good kind of 13 years. No, longer than that. 16 years. Around 16 years. And you look at me and don't tell me the truth? Um, Well, I just want to protect your feelings, really. You don't want to protect my feelings. You're part of all this. The conspiracy? Yes. Yeah, of course I am. Well, why, why are you just telling me now? <laughs> because the, it's a the... conspiracy. Don't tell people it was a conspiracy. Yeah, but why are you just telling me now the, the, the slightest nudge of a uh, push? Didn't make sense. Nudge of a push. That's yeah. <laughs> a new saying from Josh. <laughs> Get your words together, mate. Okay. Well, there is a conspiracy going on. What? What, what is it? I, sorry, I was just I was just pandering to you because I find it to be easier. But what, you know, you know as well. I'm in the Truman Show. You're in the Truman Show. Well, the Josh Show, as it's probably called. In how? Why? Up until now, it's been very good. 
like what, just in terms of the content in your life is, is spectacular viewing no that's largely bad like yeah. i think people, ratings would have fallen as you will well know probably because you'll see the reports but i mean they let me move to a big city which will take loads of extras that's pretty good of them um i've flown to other places that aren't where i live so that means they've got to build those other places um I don't have a lot of friends which would save them on paid actors, <laughs> so that doesn't check out. But one thing let's slip, Sean, you and your little caddy crew of filmers. What, what, what have we done? You know what you've done? You really expect me to believe that in a real world, I would tell my girlfriend, oh no, don't toast the bread the right way up, because then the top doesn't toast. So if you put it on your side and put the toaster down, girlfriend... Uh, then the whole bread piece of bread gets toasted. Mm. And then the next week, she does it in the same old way. So I, I tell her again. And you expect me to believe that four months down the line and the toast still going in upright, <laughs> that this isn't some television trick to make me go mad. Um, Is this what you expect me to believe? I do. After expect- telling someone six plus times you can toast it on its side and the whole thing gets toasted rather than standing it up and only toasting the lower three quarters. You expect me, Sean, and the crew listening and all of you to believe that that is a real thing. That's something that would happen in real life rather than a trick to antagonise me into drama. Um... I don't know where you're going with this, Josh, but I think this is a conversation best had <laughs> off mic. Okay, we can leave that. We can leave that <laughs> Just a little test, I had I really, really want you in my mouth. From then on, there, roll, we'll head on further south. Am I talking about the blood of a love rival? Oh no, oh, it's wine. Drinking, it's fine. Sting. Ow! You got me! Uh, (laughs) No, I'm not pretending to be a wasp or a bee or a bullet ant. Uh, I'm talking... That would be a bite from a bullet ant. Sorry to bring you up on that, but get out of my house. I'm talking about Sting, the the artist, singer, songwriter, um, uh, ex-policeman. Nice-ish, I suppose. Uh, not one of my favourite people. I do. You, have you listened to any Sting records? Um, well, apart from a little bit of him and the Police, I've never really listened to anything solo. Oh, oh, quick little uh, um, fun little tidbit into my um, young life. Mm. Um, so, um, li- listeners at home might not be aware. Well, probably won't be aware. Probably won't care. No, yeah, either, either of those things. That uh, as a young lad, I used to play the bass guitar. Better get exciting soon. (laughs) And my mother um, does is is a nail technician, and she convinced me that um, Sting used to have a um, an acrylic fake nail on his um, index finger to play the guitar with. Right. Convinced me of this, and then did an acrylic fake nail on my index finger. Yeah. So I had one singular fake nail. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what, what, why she wanted me to do it, but she convinced me. Just and... for a laugh, isn't it? Yeah, my mum convinced me of quite a few things. I think she's a bit suspect. I, I would say so. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the punks when they used to play bass, and I think some people still now. Uh, 
because bass strings are really coarse. They yeah. really get your fingers. If you're playing with your fingers, you put super glue on the ends of them. Um, I never did that. Yeah, well, you should have. Because I just, it's I, like just it's... I just live through the pain. Because I just, lo- I just live for lo- rock and roll. Well, I, I think once when you're when you're a punk rocker, Sean, uh, you would cut your fingers open with uh, well, whilst the, you're bass because of the frantic strumming and plucking and exactly. Uh, so then you would, super and then you glue go them. to the gig and cut your fingers on the strings. Yeah, because. I didn't hear that, but I'm glad I didn't work it out because I think it might have been seedy. Uh, but yeah, they would have they would have put super glue on their bloody fingers to protect them. Anyway, well, anyway for, yeah, for heaven's sake, what about Sting? Yeah, so Sting has. Um, it turns out he's quite a petty man. Um, I've got a headline here um, from a news story. Um, is Sting and is in quotation marks? I make good wine as revenge. It is quite petty. It sounds like something Alan Partridge would say. Yeah. Uh, what is next? Lynn, I make wine for revenge. It's not for joy. Bad impression. Carry on. Um, so, so, well, basically, um, the crux of the matter is that um, Sting bought a wine estate in Chianti, which is in Tuscany, um, in Italy, in the, um, in the late 90s. Um, and he was convinced to do so by a glass of wine that he was served by the, by the estate owner during the talks and negotiations. Right. Um, and it turns out that that wine that he was served was not from the estate, but from uh, from Bordeaux. So it was a French it was wine. A different country. <laughs> so he was duped into buying this estate. He threw a massive party with a load of famous friends when he bought the estate. Served them all the wine from the estate, and they were like all. It was all so bad that they chucked it out into flower pots and into the hedgerows and things like this in the estate. Um, and when he asked someone, he said that the Duke had served him French wine to trick him into buying the estate. So basically, what he's now done, um, he's uh, reinvested in the vineyard. He's hired an American winemaker with, who focuses on biodynamic practices, which sounds all very sting. Uh, and he's made he's, he's made a wine. He's called it Sister Moon. Um, it retails for £40 a bottle. Um, it's received um, a great review from Wine Spectator. And he sent a case of the wine, along with a clipping of the uh, article, to the ex-owner of the estate. Um, and the estate owner, was um, he then died shortly after. Oh, and that's sad. That's a bit of a, it's a bit of a sting in the tale for that story, isn't it, Josh? Yeah. Um, I what upset nice. Yeah, good work. <laughs> what upsets me about that story is that if, like, the funny bit about that story is the party he threw where he served the wine. <laughs> like, who is so unself-aware and uh, so egotistical not just to say, like, to announce his party? bloody hilarious thing happened <laughs> i bought this place because <laughs> i tasted nice wine i thought that's what happened tonight but we're bloody not anyone like you must be a terrible man um, I must, but just to like send them a case of the wine as revenge not just think oh god wasted a couple of mil on this place which i'm sure he can afford yeah, well yeah probably it's not it's not like he invested all of his life savings into buying this estate which he was tricked into yeah exactly like it's a relatively come small on, mate, have a laugh yeah and you still got a wine estate. It's not bad. It's not bad yeah, going. Got a beautiful estate in Tuscany. Well, it might be. We don't know what it looks like. In fairness, it might look I'm like absolute horseshit. Pretty amazing. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to show you a picture right now. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty good. All right, for the sake of audio, I'll give you an immediate rating out of ten. 
Yeah, 8.5. Yeah, it's pretty, it, it's it does look great. Right. Yeah. Beers in heaven. Okay then, Sean. Yeah. We've reached that time where I get to try and impress you with my beer. It's time for the beer cell. Are you ready to be impressed? I am ready, waiting, rearing. I'm prepared. I'm comfortable in my seat. I'm half cut. I'm good. I'm ready. Right. We don't in, We don't really promote drinking. Uh, do be sensible. Um, but yeah, it can happen when you're doing a wine podcast, Ooh. unfortunately. But that's fine. Um, so... <laughs> I'm doing things differently in the beer cells recently. just want to change it up. I might go back to the old ones. I used to like writing them. I had a lot of fun writing them. But I just think there might be more effective ways that I need to explore to get you to enjoy my beers. Yeah. Does that sound fair? So it sounds more than fair. What I'm going for today is to make you drink something that is not very nice. Because we all know that sort of sensation of... Often for me, it's when you're like out at work drinks or something in like a bad bar... You have to drink like a lager or something. Mm. Then you go and meet your friends in a nice pub and have a real beer. And it's kind of that transition between a bad drink to a good drink can be sort of very so exciting. So more rewarding. Makes, you, the, makes the good drink more rewarding. Yeah, yeah. and the comparison of the good, uh, the drinks um, from bad to good really, like, the benchmark of the previous drink really accentuates the drink that you're currently drinking. So I'm going yeah. down that line of thinking. And what we have here is a bottle of Pro Grigio. Which we've talked about before on this podcast. Mm. It's an Asda drink, which is, I believe, half Prosecco, half Pinot Grigio. Right. Can I break that down for you? Please do. I've done a little bit of research into this right? Um, prior to the podcast, because you told me you were going to do this. Um, so, essentially, it is, it is, it is not um, half Prosecco. Um, so, it is using the same grape variety that Prosecco is made out of, a grape variety called Galera. Um, but it's from the Mediterranean coast, so uh, where most Prosecco is from the north of Italy. This is from um, further south, Um, and so where things are a little bit warmer and you can make wine much more easily in a cool climate. Um, And immediately looking at the bottle here, um, there's a few things that don't sit quite right with me, Josh. Well, that's good, because I I want this to be bad, remember, so that you then like my beer after tasting it. Can I just break it, can I break it down into the two immediate things that have struck me as wrong with this? Please do, because, wine? Sean, it means I'm getting closer to winning. So, um, <laughs> first of all, uh, the label Pro Grigio, um, there is a gold circle as a part of the label itself yeah. in the top right-hand corner immediately designed to make you think that's a medal. It looks great, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Catches your eye, oh, that's a medal. It's it looks got like gold something. on it, surely. Yeah. Do they put gold on losers? I don't think so. No, they don't. But the, that's sec- why I have the second thing, and most importantly, this is the thing that struck me about this, is this small strip of paper up here Yeah. by the, the foil around the neck. So in Italy, part of their wine laws, um, when you reach the top level of classification for wines... Um, is you have a a seal around the neck, around the bot- around the bottleneck. Um, I've brought up a picture of that here. Um, it's when you reach DOCG level, which is um, the highest level of certification for Italian wine. Yeah, I wines. can see it. Yeah. Um, so what it's they're doing a, it's is a paper is a paper seal. Yeah, and they are copying that as part of a subliminal. Well, so to kind of make you think, oh, I've seen good wine with that on there before. 
Right, okay. And it's got no, nothing to do with... Not against the rules, though, Sean, it's is not it? A, it's not against the rules, but it's all a bit shady. Okay, well, let's open this up. Let's have a little taste. This, all, this is all the beer sellers today, is a, a tasting of Pro Grigio from Asda, um, which I'm quite excited about. But also, I do need it to be quite disgusting, ideally. Yeah. It helped me out a lot. Uh, the bottle, in terms of easiness to open, is a, about a 3 out of 10. Hmm. Didn't have a tab, or it did, but it wasn't out. Here we go. The unscrewing was simple. How many twists was that, Josh? Uh, five. It should be six. Okay. So I was that's... guessing five. Do you know what? I bet this is going to be quite nice. Oh, it looks far too fizzy. Like it's been carbonated. It does look a bit too fizzy. Uh... But you know what? Sometimes when you pour out Prosecco, it can get like that. So here we go. The Progrigio has been poured. Three, two, one. Sorry, I'm still I'm, oh, I'm sure smelling it. Oh, sort of sniffing. It's almost like pear drops. That is... <laughs> that is horrendous. Yeah... It's, uh, explain it, you're better at flavours. So... Why um, is that so horrible? Because it is, it's not great. To put it, well, I, I just had a, um, and I, and a like, sip of the Chardonnay. What I want to reiterate this, here so. for new listeners is I am not a snobby wine person at all. I'm not, I'm not a snobby no, wine I'm not, person. You are a familiar at a posh restaurant, whereas I will, I'll drink like a, a six pound Prosecco quite happily, but this is trash. Yeah, so essentially what you're looking for in a sparkling wine is... Um, a combination of flavour and texture of the of the bubbles, the mouth, what we call a mouthfeel of the mousse. Um, this is like having a can of Coke. Um, yeah. It's pretty horrendous. There's little to no flavour there. I mean, on the nose, it just smells like a, it's it's a fairly pleasing no aroma, flavor. but it's very it's a very simple aroma. It smells like apple and pear. That's it. There's there's no uh, there's no other dimension to that. That's all you're getting is just that simple fruit. In terms of on the palate, there's so much bubble um, and fizz there, you can't taste anything. There's a slight lingering hint of that same apple or pear, but that's it. It there's, really is bland. There's no length. No. Um, it's, you may as well be just drinking like flavoured sparkling water. Absolutely. It does taste like perhaps mint, well, not mint infused, but like a slightly infused sparkling water. Yeah, like vulvic touch of fruit, but fizzy. But it is 11%, so. It yeah, will get you hammered. It will get you hammered. But uh, absolutely trash. Now, Sean, please do move over to the beer. The Wolf Rock oh, by Sharps. Now, tell me how good this beer tastes in your little <sighs> mouth hole, in your face hole. Take it in. It does taste a lot better com- does compared like to that. Better, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. It's whatever the day of the week you're listening to this. It's whatever the time of day is when you're listening to this. And that means it's time for wine news. Jojo! Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, first in, breaking headlines. Um... There are now officially festival wine pouches. Festival wine pouches for most wanted range. 
Most Wanted. That yeah, it's a, yeah, it's the name of the range of wines. Um, there's a um, wine company called Off Piste Wines, and they've launched a, it's their varietal Most Wanted range as single serve pouches to target the on the go market and festival goers, which I think will be perfect for our listeners when they're on the commute into work. And want to have and want to have that drink along session we were talking about earlier. There is a picture of me online drinking from a sack of wine, <laughs> literally sack of wine, literally drinking from a sack of wine. Uh, what it, the Australians would call a goon bag. Yeah, well, I think it's what it was. Whatever's in a box of wine, that's all a box of wine is: is a, a sack of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a box. Around that's it. becoming an ever increasing, increasingly popular, and you're getting a lot more wine, a lot more good quality wines offered in bag in box. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet it matters to the flavour absolutely nil well for a lot of wines now that are drunk very young no um, but back onto the back onto the new story oh, in hand um, the yeah. single serve 187 centilitre pouches um, which have been in the planning for more than a year have just been trialled they'll compre- comprise of two wines a Argentinian Malbec and a Sicilian Pinot Grigio and due to hit the shelves in June um, so Josh, would you um, consider a pouch of wine to take with you, much like a Capri Sun, um, but with the added buzz? Well, of what, booze? Are, are we doing straws? I think that's the main thing that I'm I thinking would, about here. I I would love a straw in this. I can't see where you'd put a straw in on the picture, so I'm thinking you'd tear it off and either guzzle it straight from the sack. I don't want to guzzle from the sack. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. And you can't make me. To be honest, I think uh, M&S have been doing uh, a plastic wine glass with a foil lid that you peel off for ages. Like, I suppose this is more festival-y than that. Yeah, I, I've been to I've been to festivals and I know people that take Capri Suns filled with port into music festivals. Well, that's because you know people who are literally mad. <laughs> but I don't. Um, to be honest, I didn't go to festivals. I can't really see this. Like, if you're at a festival... Do you need wine over other drinks? Well, what if you only drink wine? What if you don't like beer? What if you don't like cider? What if you don't like spirits because they give you a headache? Yeah, I, sp- I suppose so. I, d- I don't like the guzzling. Like, getting drunk for getting drunk's sake. Is not what this podcast I, is about. Is absolutely not. It's, I haven't been drunk in about six months now. Have you not? Actually, that's not true because of New Year. I haven't been drunk in about three months. Because I never do. I just don't drink enough. I get... I, you know, I drink. Uh, I'll have a few ales. Sure, I will. I've made a whole podcast about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't really get drunk that much, and I never really understood that mindset. But you know, no, I think I'm with you there. I don't like to drink for drinking sake, just because I enjoy it. Um, but I think Which this is probably is... worse because if you just do it to get drunk, you'll probably love it less. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's worse or better. We'll probably not I get. This is a more healthily after. Yeah, it's more probably more healthy after, yeah. after June. Um, right, moving on to the next story. That took a while. Um, UK leads Europe for online booze sales. That's a sad story. So basically, the online well, the UK is the has the highest proportion of people sitting at home in their pants ordering wine off of Deliveroo. Yeah, which. Where, where might, do you stand it might that, not Josh? be. It might be people like high flying, cool people ordering wine to their house at a dinner party because they need a bit more wine. Well, a lot, a lot of wine sales are, are, are done online. A lot of wine merchants do a lot of business online. You can buy wines online and not, and have them kind of stored for you in warehouses. 
Um, which which I do every weekend. You can't stop me buying yeah. uh, <laughs> illegal. No, they're legal, aren't they? Yeah, it's um, they're just kept in in bond, so you don't pay the duty on them until they um, until you take them out of that warehouse, which is why people do that. Oh, imagine living life like that. I, Absolutely mad. Yeah, um, got a lot of dealings with that, Josh. Um, yeah. So, how do you feel about kind of the UK buying more booze online than anywhere else in Europe? Uh, sad, uh, but with regards to your sort of wine warehouse thing, indifferent. Okay. Mo- uh, we're running low Mo- on time. Moving, on. moving on. Um, China, is, this is something about the, um, the the kind of in-depth analytics of the wine business, which I know you care so much about, Josh. I, I look on analytics li- up uh, to three times a week. And I know our listeners at home really care deeply about this subject as well. So um, China is now Chile's most lucrative wine export market. So China is Chile's most, uh, I suppose, because so China of the Pacific has, shipping. Yeah, so China has overtaken the US as the biggest wine export market for Chilean wineries in terms of value. Okay, good for them. So that could be for two things. It could be for just the sheer volume of wines, but it also could be because um, China has um, a thirst for fine wines um, and, and, and spends... Um, a lot of money on fine wines. Chile has a, um, a burgeoning fine wine market. Is that wine news? I think that's it. I think we can call that a wrap. Lovely. So the podcast has found its end. Time has discovered it and the Reaper draws closer. Sean, um, that took a dark turn quickly. Well, that as as time marches on, so does the Reaper. Well, yeah, but we don't have to draw attention to it. That's true. Um, uh, so this is the part of the show, the end, where we decide what drink one. I brought a beer to the table. I brought Sharp's Wolf Rock, which is a red IPA, and Sean brought. Uh, what did you bring, Sean? Um, so this is Zuccardi Chardonnay from the Uco Valley in Argentina. Two thousand fourteen was the name. And I think I'll go first on this one. Um, really enjoyed my beer. The Wolf Rock is one of... I, I really, really like it. You should try out the new sharp varieties. Um, normally in supermarkets. I've never seen them on draft. But if they are, do try them. I, th- uh, I think it's important to try English beers and not just the um, like East London breweries. So obviously there's a lot of... Um, East London breweries that have popped up over recent years, but it's it's really good to um, drink proper beers from proper English breweries that have been around for a much longer time. And I think Sharps one of those breweries that, um, yeah, Sharps was res- resp- responding to the to the I, I use quotation marks here, but craft beer movement um, by releasing kind of different styles of beer. Um, and I, I don't think we should forget those kind of breweries. It's a big... Um... No, because do, they do some of the best beers. Exactly, yeah. Um, just because they aren't, they don't have mad bottles and cans doesn't mean they're no good. Mm. Uh, Doombar is one of the best sales uh, of all time. Uh, and this, um, Sharps were established in 1994, which I imagine was probably quite a difficult period for ale. That was absolute oasis, lager and cocaine time. Um, yeah. Um, it was not like the 70s, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so, Sean, what? Uh, yeah. So um, you, didn't, was, you, didn't, you didn't give us. A... I didn't give an answer. <laughs> that was my beer. The wine 
do you know what the wine was better and I'm gonna say that honestly it was tasty and rich but not too rich which mm. can happen with Chardonnay uh, probably Sean what about you um, I liked both um, I really liked both actually um, earlier on in the podcast you saw me wince at the beer but I think yeah. that's unfair um, it's quite nice it's, it's, it tastes a little bit like Earl Grey tea yeah um, but when I am faced with picking something up which you are um, I like equally which um, you are. I have to think about how full each glass is yeah I've topped up the wine glass two or three times yeah the beer glass is only a third empty. Yeah. Um, so I think that means I'm going to have to go with the wine. Well, that is a win for Sean's wine. Uh, thank you very much for bringing it in. It was it was lovely. Um, oh, it was nice. Um, I'm pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with this. It's cost me £11 in Majestic. Um, I think it's very good wine. hits well above its price point. Um, so I would encourage people to go along and buy it. It was good. Was it as good as a £5 Rioja? Oh, nobody will ever be able to tell. Uh, but thank you very much for what you got something to say. I've no, I'm just, I'm just leaning in my chair. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm not going to voice my opinions on five pound. So uh, that is it for this uh, this fine day's whining. Thank you for listening. Do subscribe because it means that uh, a we get pushed up the charts and more people get to hear uh, our drunken ramblings, not drunken but tipsy ramblings. And um, do subscribe as well because you get to see our podcast every single week. Don't touch that dial. There isn't a dial, but do touch that subscribe button. Goodbye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.